Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast about failure and success, hosted by John Biggs. Every week, we talk to an amazing person about a time they failed and what they learned. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going. Welcome back to Keep Going, a podcast about success and failure. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Michael Gatt. Uh, he's the founder, co-founder, and CEO of Jaybirds. Uh, Jaybirds are these cute little baby shoes, right? Is that what I'm looking at here? That is what you're looking at, yes. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the premise behind it all is my co-founder, Dr. Jay LeBeau, longtime foot and ankle surgeon in the Baltimore area and actually was the uh, 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 chief podiatrist of the Baltimore Orioles after years of treating patients with foot problems that, you know, came to him with foot problems, um, he recognized in his grandchildren this insight that most of the shoes that they were wearing were takedowns of adult shoes mm-hmm. and that, that you could make a better shoe for kids. So these are, they're, they look a little bit like a, like a croc, but with a, with a cloth top and like a nice little Velcro strap, that kind of stuff. Yeah, our hope is people will uh, ditch the croc yeah. and join the flock. But uh, yes, they're a sock and shoe in one construction. Uh, the Kind of the origin story was when I met with uh, Dr. J to help him facilitate this, this idea, I had actually just read the Blue Ocean Strategy. And I knew if he was looking to make shoes that looked like everyone else's shoes, that, you know, we'd be swimming in a red ocean and the, the barrier to enter that market would be very difficult. And uh I'd spent many years uh, in the sporting goods industry working for brands like Adidas and others and actually held up a pair of socks and a pair of Adidas boost shoes that I'd been intimately involved in helping launch. And I said, if these two things could, uh, you know, uh, have a baby, could we support the foot and do what it is that, you know, should be done? And he said, you get it. And that conversation happened to take place inside of Hollabird Sports, mm-hmm. one of the largest e-commerce uh um, businesses in the running tennis and fitness space. And uh, I was looking over his shoulder at that time and looking at 50,000 square feet of distribution space that uh, services over 250,000 unique SKUs. And I said, well, let's go upstairs and talk to the owner, David Hirschfeld, and maybe the three of us can, you know, co-found this thing. And mm-hmm. that's that's how Jaybirds was, uh, was birthed. All right. Well, I really like the shoes. So it's jbrds.com. I don't have any little guys anymore, but uh, if I did, I'd probably, uh, I'd probably check these things out. So you, you can probably appreciate the unit economics. Yeah. Uh, if you've had kids, you realize how many pairs of shoes you bought over the years. And I like the Bukowski bears. Is that after Charles Bukowski, the uh, the famous oh. drunken, drunken poet? Man, I, I wish I knew that story. But uh, interestingly enough, this, you know, we, we, we've been on this entrepreneurial adventure and we call it an adventure, you know, uh, as ventures can fail, adventures attract people. And uh, Oliver Bukowski, who's the son of the founder of Bukowski Bears, uh, is a cinematographer that my wife uses. She's a commercial director mm-hmm. and, and filmmaker who greatly contributed to Jaybirds. Um, funny enough, Bukowski Bears was started by his mother. And he's now leading uh, distribution in North America. And mm-hmm. so we've collaborated on making a Jaybird, but also selling Jaybird's friends, which are the, nice. uh, the Bukowski bears. Yeah. All right. Well, I think, I think we have enough, we have cuteness overload. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, 
your experience as an entrepreneur, about uh, uh, life experiences in terms of in terms of success and failure. Absolutely, and and I've enjoyed your podcast, and I I think the first thing that I had to do was get comfortable with calling myself an entrepreneur. Um, as as background, uh, I think many of my failures were to recognize the success I was having because I was sort of struggling on the personal front. Um, but uh, in college, I had a full-time job selling running shoes at a running store. And and although I, I did okay in finance and accounting, I learned more in the stock room. And many of those missed opportunities were, you know, from job to job. I had taken jobs with my father's voice in my ear, take a job that has health insurance, good benefits, and will pay off your student loans. And so the uh, very first job I got was working for the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, I ended up uh, missing Mark Cuban by one season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, when they had the strike shortened season and he bought the team, uh, they were going to furlough everybody. So I needed a job that would pay those student loans. So I went to work for a company, Mizuno, Japanese sporting goods company. Mm-hmm. And it was really a startup opportunity because Although the company had been around for 100 plus years and, you know, huge in Asia as it, as it related to baseball and golf and other categories, they had not done running successfully in the U.S. And so they hired a bunch of us that were very green, but willing to work hard. And I was 22 years old and moved to Baltimore uh, uh, to uh, sort of lead sales, marketing and promotion for the Mid-Atlantic. And funny enough, uh, my, my neighbor was one of the co-founders of Under Armour. And uh, that was Ryan Wood. And so I used to give him shoes and he would give me underwear and uh, offered me a job that would have been pre-IPO. And again, I was sort of blurred by what was going on with, you know, I had now had health insurance and was paying my bills and paid off my student loans, uh, you know, and had my father's voice saying, you'd be crazy to leave Mizuno to go work at uh, Under Armour. So I missed an IPO there. And, uh, you know, and then ended up going to work for Adidas where I led sales of running for North America and was, you know, involved in some other categories and really had a reset opportunity there. And although some might perceive these as corporate successes, I think I always had a builder mindset. So I really struggled to be a caretaker in that corporate environment. But in 2010, while at Adidas, I, uh, was offered a job with on cloud would have been, you know, one of their you know, first hires in North America ended up passing on that. And they're now valued at a, you know, 10 plus billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So I think after reflecting on a lot of those missed opportunities, um, somebody said to me, you, you know, it's about creating your own opportunities. And so making that shift to becoming an opera, an entrepreneur actually helped me sort of reset the personal side of me to then be able to actually embark on this entrepreneurial adventure. And what was the, what was the, um, what held you back in that, in that, in that respect? I think in many cases it was, it was that, that sort of chatter, you know, your, your, your own voice that, uh, um, you know, I had to, uh, I love Ethan Cross's book titled chatter, which really helped me understand, you know, um, how you can kind of have that internal debate and overcome, you know, that imposter syndrome or overcome, you know, uh, that, uh, fear of failure or that fear of rejection. What, what do you feel was caused the chatter in yourself? Well, I think a lot of it is, you know, and I, I, I love my parents. They're both retired teachers and, 
you know, created amazing opportunities, but I think as, as their parents were products of the depression, there was sort of this messaging of security. There was this anxiety, you know, around, you know, what you were supposed to go to work for um, versus that encouragement to, you know, just try things. And, uh, and I think the, you know, the being able to kind of, you know, overcome that chatter, turn it into positive chatter. You know, if you don't ask people or put it out in the universe, somebody can't say yes. And, uh, and then really kind of, you know, turning resolutions into habits um, also helped sort of free up that, you know, state of mind that, you know, would allow me to be creative. So tell me about a time that you, that you did do that, that you did turn resolution into habit. So big one is, is I spent 20, 20 plus years working in the running industry and absolutely hated running. And, uh, when I, I, I couldn't find the right shoes. I had been an athlete running growing up had been punishment. And here I was leading sales for Adidas in North America. And we were resetting this business and launching a new innovative product like boost. And I was pretty much living on an airplane, drinking too much. And, uh, and, and not in a good spot. And I, I kept trying to like run for my physical health. And it was hearing Richard Branson say that to be creative, you got to do something physical to really, you know, open up that, uh, that state of flow. And, uh, and so when I started running for my mental health, all of a sudden, you know, things changed. I ended up dropping about 35 pounds I, to this day, run about 25, 30 miles a week. I don't have a watch. I don't track the time. I just go with how I feel. Mm-hmm. So you basically kind of, you, you forced yourself out of that, out of that rut, I guess you could call it. Yeah. And, and I think the, the force part was, you know, I think the, you know, previously that was the, the internal chatter was like, God, you got to go do this. You know, you're letting yourself go. You're not, you know you're not on top of your game. And, you know, when I started to use the runs to deal with the chatter and start to, you know, turn it into what was I going to do today or what was, you know, what were those six to eight things that I was going to tackle that were going to move, you know, Jaybirds forward. All of a sudden it was like the run was done and I was now into doing those, those things that were going to move Jaybirds forward. Mm -hmm. Um, So it sounds like you're, formative years were spent sort of answering somebody else's questions, I guess you could say. Uh, what would you have told yourself uh, if you met yourself today uh, at age 20? You basically kind of played it safe, right? I did play it safe. And I think I would encourage myself that, you know, failure is okay. And, uh, um, you know, that the, the, the experiences that come through curiosity are most valuable. And I think that, you know, as, as someone who is, you know, in their mid forties, who, you know, is generation X kind of straddling, you know, old and new, uh, the other bit of advice would be, is it's not too late. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So that's actually, that's actually a interesting point. Like I think there was some, um, some data that said most entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs are in their mid to late forties. Uh, so you were, so you have people who are, I guess, trapped in a, in a nine to five and they escape in their mid forties with a certain amount of experience and skill. Um, 
is there anything, any advice you'd give those people? Yeah. I mean, I think that, that it's what, how you reflect upon that. And, um, I have this conversation often with a, a mentor of mine who, also, you know, spent many years in the corporate space, and it's not to take anything away from great operators, but, you know, there are environments where you are, in fact, a caretaker, you know, you're, you're you know, and, and sometimes that can lead to something, you know, feeling as though it's dying a death of a thousand tiny cuts. And I used to say that, you know, I'm sort of a recovered corporate person because, you know, everybody would promote an entrepreneurial spirit and then the quarter would be coming due and everybody would do irrational things or things mm -hmm. to sort of, you know, cover themselves. And it just, to me, that, that you know, sort of the difference in a builder's mindset or a growth mindset, um, you know, is, is a completely different, uh, not just skill set, but also just how you approach problem solving and how you you know sort of envision things going and uh and so to me that the the more i embraced being an entrepreneur and the more i was able to actually give myself permission to practice that on a regular basis i started to see the joy that came with it mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think I, not a lot of people talk about the the joy of entrepreneurship and it's and there's and there's not there's not a lot of joy there right but uh just that feeling of building something yourself, I feel like is a, is a lot of people don't think about that. It is, it's, it's, it's funny. I was at a conference here in Washington yesterday put on by the uh, Footwear Developers and Retail Association, big trade association for our industry in footwear. And, uh, you know, big uh, uh, premise behind it was, uh, you know, generative AI and as popular as that is becoming, but not just in communication, but also in product development and other, you know, things that, um, you know, can can be affected by it in our our industry. And the guest speaker was Jim Vandehei, who, you know, uh, uh, Politico and Axios and other things. And he talked, uh, you know, in a previous interview, I'd heard, you know, about willing, you know, those things into existence. And I think that, you know, we've been able to do this on a very modest amount of money. Uh, and this is why most people don't get into the footwear industry. But I think like when you achieve something like a prototype and then that prototype becomes inventory and those inv that inventory becomes sales and then there's now data around who your customer is and you're starting to get sales signals and things like that, you start to realize that, you know, um, you know, failure doesn't have to be fatal or for that matter, like not everything is you know, going to to fall apart if you you mess up. It's what you do, what how you learn from that mistake, and how it informs the next thing you do. Mm -hmm. Is there any uh, any mistakes you made with Jaybirds that you uh, that you learned from? Oh my goodness, I, I you know, there's there's quite a few. I, I guess the, um, you know, like, but I would say that the, the you know somebody might scrutinize something as a mistake, and we look at it as you know based on limited resources and leveraging relationships and, and things like that, you know, and the, like the quick example was this last summer and the supply chain issues that were, you know, going on, you know, we, 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 we paid through the nose to get a container, to get our initial, you know, production run, you know, into our warehouse. And then, you know, of that production run, about half of it was unsellable as a mm. result of some of the injection molding that went on. And so the factory, we had to negotiate uh, terms and the factory was willing to replace that, you know, merchandise and, and no product. And now we're actually air freighting it for less than what we paid to get the original product mm -hmm. in because the sales, the momentum that we have 
Um, you know, so it's like you, 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 you know, we're constantly, you know, learning from those things. And as somebody said, don't worry about margin now, create the sales velocity to then teach you what it is you're going to be capable of doing with that merchandise. Mm -hmm. Interesting. All right. Very cool. So people should check out Jaybirds, J-B-R-D-S.com. Please like, do. It's... Yeah. Again, like I said, it's like this is a whole different kind of shoe. I mean, if I had if I had kids right now, I'd probably stick them in these because it looks like they're pretty easy to put on as well. Well, our vision is we have another shoe coming out in the fall that will actually the shoes are actually ranged by physical developmental milestones. So the mm -hmm. first one is stand to walk. Um, I won't date you, John, but when I was a kid, they used to bronze shoes, and yeah. uh, you know, we 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 hope that uh, this is now that Instagram worthy, you know you know, shoe not to be bronzed, but to be sort of celebrated. And then they'll graduate into our walk to uh, run. And then we've got designs all the way out to eight years old. So the foot develops between cradle and eight. And uh, we believe that there's, there's an opportunity to prevent future foot problems and, you know, really set, start kids off on the right foot towards a, a lifetime of uh, good physical activity. Yeah. And I bet you could make these for adults too, just to get a little arch and, uh, and then put some, I don't know. It's, 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 it's very tempting <laughs> yeah. and, and our, our taking on the footwear industry that I came from was that, you know, when we went to one of the oldest last makers to, to make the last, they make last for stride, right. New balance mm -hmm. kids, Nike and Adidas kids. And they said to us, we've never made a last like this. Pretty much everything we make is a takedown of an adult foot. Mm -hmm. If you look at our website, we've got x-rays that show there's a huge difference between yeah, exactly. the foot and the, uh, the foot that is developing. And so we are putting a stake in the ground and, uh, and, and hopefully, you know, if we can, you know, do this from cradle to eight, kind of build it from the feet up versus taking it down, you know, maybe there is a special pair of shoes for mom in the future. All right, Mike, thank you for joining us. This has been uh, really interesting. John, thank you. This has been Keep Going, a podcast about success and failure. I'm John Biggs. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Keep Going. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going. Between you.